right now, it's Barry and Shauna Replay from 89.3 Moody Radio. So what's wrong with the world today, Shauna? Oh my goodness. There's so much going on right now. Depending on the lens we're looking through, we might say the Taliban or ISIS-K or the radical left or the radical right or the Chinese government or the Russian government or COVID or wokeness or evangelicals or critical race theory. We could keep going. So back in about the year 1900, the British daily national newspaper, The Times, is thought to have sent out a question to a bunch of famous authors. What's wrong with the world today? They were asking it back then. The great Christian thinker G.K. Chesterton mailed in his answer. He responded simply, Dear Sir, I am <laughs> yours, G.K. Chesterton. That is a smart man. Yeah. So James 4 comes to mind. What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You desire but do not have, so you kill. You want what's not yours, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. Whoa. What I hear James saying is, the problem isn't out there. Yeah. It's in here. It's in my heart. Oh my goodness. I was just listening to a message on this very thing. Really? Levi Lusco. Yes, literally on my way into work this morning. Hmm. Just, you know, when somebody is behaving badly... And his message is, you know, about seeing behind it or what's behind it, being able to see the unseen is what he was referring to. But, you know, to say, okay, hurt people, hurt people. So when somebody's acting difficult and they're hard to get along with, what's the pain, what's going on underneath there and how do we get to it? But it's really about what's going on in our hearts. Mm -hmm. Jesus says the same thing. He says, this is in the message. Listen to this. It's from the heart that we vomit up evil arguments. Murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, lies, and cussing. That's what pollutes. Hmm. Eugene Peterson's The Message, that's in Matthew 15. So if it isn't out there, but it's in me, what's the remedy? Ooh, that rhymes. <laughs> Don't start rapping on me. I'm done. Shut this thing down. I have to find your mic If mute it isn't button. out there, but in me, what's the remedy? <laughs> there you go. James tells us, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So humble yourself before God. This is James, the word of the Lord through James. Come close to him and he will come close to you. Purify your heart. Let there be tears and sorrow and sadness for what comes out of you that's not from the Holy Spirit. That's my paraphrase. Mm. Humble yourself before the Lord and he will lift you up. Man. That, that, that's tweetable, Perry. That's well, so good. That's purify, the word of God. It's the word of God, but your paraphrase is really well put too. Pur- purify your heart. Let there be tears and sorrow and sadness for what comes out of you that's not from the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is where, that is the, the pivot point where repentance begins. When we feel the sadness for, you know, our own behavior, our own speech, whatever comes out of us, that's not God. Mm-hmm. That's where repentance begins. So now then the next step is behave differently, but we need to have that place in our heart, that time in that moment where we're like, Ooh, that hurt me that I did that, Mm -hmm. that I hurt you. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's that sadness that, uh, 
I've I've hurt the Lord. Mm-hmm. I've wounded the Lord. I've wounded the person maybe that I've 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 said something to that I should not have said. And I just think about this and you know how often pride has caused me to go to war with somebody because of my competitive pride which is in my heart. But when I get on my face, when I ask for forgiveness, when I ask God to purify my heart, he does. Mm-hmm. He purifies my heart because even though there's still junk in my heart that I need to repent of, that junk is not who I am. Preach. Come on. That's it. In Christ, I am, you are a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. I was just having a conversation last night with my small group about the voices of condemnation and how to be able to tell. There was some conversation about feeling bad about, wow, you know, my schedule's been so crazy and I haven't been in scripture the way that I want to be in scripture. And mm. you know, I feel, ah, I feel really yuck about it. And I just want to be honest about that as we come together. And it's like, good. <laughs> I mean, good. Yes. It's good that you feel yuck about that. But if, if the voice, you know, continues to say you are yuck, that's not God. Mm-hmm. There is therefore now condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So when we start to, when we feel bad about the way that we've behaved, things we have done or haven't done that we should have or whatever, mm-hmm. that's not necessarily a bad thing. If it causes us to begin to turn our hearts towards God mm-hmm. and lean in and behave differently. But when we, when it starts to be about our identity, when we start to feel like, man, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. worthless or I'm a jerk. Mm-hmm. Um, We've, we've crossed the line. The enemy is getting too much airtime. Yeah, because, you know, once we're in Christ, we're no longer rotten to the core. You know, as I just said, we're a new creation. Yeah. And that's something that Colin Smith, one of our Bible teachers here on Moody Radio at nine o'clock, he was talking about one day and that just grabbed me mm-hmm. because, you know, I still do have a fallen nature in me, but that's not who I am. As I just said, I'm a new creation. And because I'm a new creation in Christ, forgiven by Christ, every time I humble myself, every time you humble yourself and admit the junk inside, the power of the life-giving Holy Spirit turns our warring hearts into hearts that will heal the world. Come on. It's so good. You yeah. know, when, we, when we're willing to do the work, God is so good. He never um, bypasses us in working through us to touch other people. Do you know what I mean? I just, I have to tell you, (laughs) I have to tell you, I had the opportunity to minister on Saturday night. And before going into ministering, I have this time of prayer uh, to just ready my heart. And part of that process is just saying, Hey, if there's, Hey Lord, if there's sin, (laughs) Hey God, whatever, like, Hey, if, if there's sin between, if there's something between us, I want to make it right. And I don't like having something between us. So I'm pretty quick to get after that when I know that I've sinned, but I wasn't aware of sin in my life, but I still wanted to make sure things were right. So I just said, if there's something, will you make me aware of it? And boom, he gave me something. <laughs> and so I dealt with it, you know, yeah. apologized. And then boom, there was something else behind mm-hmm. it. And this went on for a while. And I was like, oh my goodness, hmm. I need to regularly be asking God to reveal the unknown sin in my life mm-hmm. as well as the sin in my life so that, so that I can be a blessing to other people, you know, cause God wants, God wants to heal my own heart, but he also, it's not like he just stops with me and it's not like he just uses me to bless other people. It's a 
it's a twofer. Mm-hmm. When we invite God into the equation, he, he changes our hearts, but he also uses us in the midst. I had the same experience. Did you really? A few days ago where I just knew that there was something not right in my heart about somebody and I knew I had to deal with it. And I just, I did. I got on my knees and I said, God, this is what I feel, you know, and just repented of it. And so I love that, that you're asking because he will tell us, he will show us, but I knew it. I knew it myself. I didn't have to be reminded of it. I knew I had to deal with it. So the point of all this is that the power to heal the world is in you and me because Christ is in you and me and his power breaks out of us as we own our sin as we take hold of forgiveness, as we plead for the healing of the nations, as we show kindness to each person we meet, and as we share the good news of God's grace with our neighbors and with the nations. The weekend was so full of great ministry activities, so many cool things going on. But one thing we had going on was Saturday night, there was a regional healing service at our church where my husband's a pastor. And I had the privilege of being on one of the prayer teams that night. So all everybody who was in the prayer team showed up an hour before the service and we gathered in a circle in our gathering area at church and one whole wall of that room is glass. So we're standing there in a circle and we're praying, readying ourselves for the service. And it's a bright, sunny day, you know, Saturday afternoon, early evening, just gorgeous, not a cloud in the sky. All of a sudden, as we're praying, you hear it on the rooftop, you know, torrential downpour in the parking lot while the sun was shining. For a second, I thought you were mimicking machine gun fire. <laughs> no, it was rain. I didn't go yuck, 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 yuck. Okay. So it was rain on the roof, and it was just so cool because we we're praying, you know, God come with power, the sun's shining, and boom, rain just out of nowhere, just all of a sudden. So that was really cool. But then as we were in that circle, I continued to pray, and I was like, Lord, show me what you want to do today. Like, what's on your heart for this healing prayer service? And immediately the first thought that came to my mind was fertility. And I was like, okay, I don't know what that means or what you're going to do with that, but I am listening and I am available. So we had an awesome service. It was just testimony after testimony of people saying what God has done and how he has healed them, their own story. Like this is what happened in my Mm. life. Mm. It was so cool and lots of worship. And then there was a time that the prayer teams kind of took their stations and anybody who wanted to be prayed for, for healing um, went to the prayer teams. And the first couple to come to my partner and I and ask for prayer said that their daughter was struggling with infertility. And I just immediately started to cry when they said it. And I was, I could just pray with so much confidence because I was like, this was on God's heart before you even got here. Mm -hmm. And so I just know that we can pray with confidence and ask God to move in a powerful way. So it was just, you could see God's activity and his presence in our prayer time as Mm -hmm. we reached out to him. It was so cool. I just think the Lord is stirring his people. And I, I know he's stirring my heart to, to believe him for miracles Mm -hmm. and not for the sake of miracles themselves, but to accompany the, the sharing of the gospel. Yes. Because when you look at the book of Acts, you know, that's really the template for the church and you see God moving in signs and wonders, not only through the apostles, 
but also through regular people, you know, not just the apostles. And I just feel like God's saying, Lord, you know, Perry, believe me that I can still do these things and believe it for yourself. And I don't know what that looks like, but I'm, I'm just uh, moving in that direction and, and sort of generating some faith toward that. Absolutely. And what builds faith more than anything is people telling their story of when they've seen God move in powerful ways. Well, the word of God is first, but then <laughs> stories. But those, the word of God is a testimony of, of who God is and what he's done, right? And then we ourselves have stories that have come out of our own lives of how God has impacted us. And we tell our stories and it builds faith. And I think that right now with what's going on in the world, there is so much hurting. There's so much brokenness and woundedness. You think about, you know, the what's going on in Afghanistan. Yep. Um, the way, how they're trying to recover from the earthquake in Haiti, mm-hmm. uh, the flooding in Tennessee. I mean, it's just, there's hurting all around us and the people who are hurting need healing. They need physical healing. They need emotional healing and they need spiritual healing. And we know the healer. We are the prayer warriors. They need prayer warriors. And I think so often when big tragedy is taking place, <laughs> our hearts break and we want to do something and we feel like, Oh, the only thing I can do is pray instead of understanding that the most powerful thing that we can do is pray. When we bow our heads to pray, it is game on. (laughs) Prayer is not the least thing that we can do. It is the most that we can do. That is a direct quote from Ann Voskamp. And she goes on to say, praying is slaying because it's calling on the one who slays all the dark, wins us back from the mess and cuts right through all the impossible knots of desperate things. Hmm. So when we pray, when we pray God's kingdom to come and his will to be done, that directly opposes the work of the enemy. We are pushing back and we're starting something. I mean, not as if he hasn't already started, but we're saying I'm in and we're pushing in to the battle against the darkness and we're slaying the demons. Mm -hmm. You know, there's, um, there's, there's sort of an epidemic going on and it's, it it has to do with suicide and, Mm -hmm. and we're going to be talking about that. I think later this week. Yes. Yep. And, you know, we just, we just lost a dear friend uh, of my daughters and, and sons. And, uh, you know, he was, he was dear to us, Uh, you know, of course, a lot more dear to the people who knew him best, his family and just know other people who are feeling hopeless. Just got another report yesterday. Somebody I feel like dying. Mm -hmm. I want to die. And gosh, we're in a battle. We're in a battle. We're in a war. And the enemy is just wreaking havoc, and prayer is powerful. Prayer is powerful to the pulling down of strongholds. Yeah. And I think that we look at where it's coming from, and we, you know, we want to place blame on what we can see. And, and we need to recognize that the enemy is greater than what we can see that this battle is going on in the unseen. And I just want to encourage you today. Prayer is powerful. It is effective. We are bringing God's presence and his peace in the midst of the chaos when we pray. And the world needs prayer warriors who don't see prayer as the least that we can do, but as the most that we can do. I don't know about you, but when I am lacking in something, I tend to think, all right, you know, what do I need to do? What do I need to muster up so I can do better, so I can be better? In other words, I kind of try to pull myself up by my own bootstraps. That's kind of my go-to. 
But Psalm 29, 11 says, the Lord gives strength to his people. The Lord blesses his people with peace. And I'm just reminded in this verse that I don't have to pull myself up mm. by my own bootstraps. I actually need to rely on God and I need to trust him to be the strength that I need. And I have a devotional, audio devotional that I listen to on my way to work every day. And part of that, I don't know that it's necessarily every day, but it's certainly regularly a part of my, that prayer time is, is, um, saying, God, I surrender my striving. Mm, That's good. And I need to be reminded of that. Like first thing in the morning before I even get to work, I'm going to surrender my striving to you today and let you be my strength. And then the verse goes on to say, he blesses his people with peace. Mm. And this whole Psalm, if you read all of it, um, I think 11 is the last verse in the Psalm, but it's all a Psalm of praise. It's all talking about who God is and what he does. And, and it ends or kind of lands with the Lord blesses his people with peace. Yeah. It paints a beautiful picture of the awesome power of God. Read the whole Psalm, Psalm 29, when you get a chance, you know, it just, it's, it's all about God's awesome power where a, thund- a thunderstorm, for example, serves as a symbol of God's powerful voice, you know, breaking the trees, breaking the cedars. You know, we just get this vision of an awesome God, and we need that in these times to know how powerful God is. And, you know, what st- stands out to me to this psalm is that, you know, the Lord gives strength to his people. It means that we're going to go through a lot of times where we're weak. I mean, every day I, it seems like I'm praying, Lord, give me strength mm-hmm. for the day. But it just means there's going to be really focused times of feeling very weak. And he gives us strength. And it also means we're going to go through tumultuous times where we we just feel like everything's chaotic and everything is chaotic, but he gives us peace. There's so many scriptures that talk about God giving us peace, bestowing peace upon us. Like Jesus walked into the room and said, peace be with you. You know, he, he's walking in and his very presence is bringing about a measure of peace. He told us that in the world we're going to have trouble, but he is telling us this so that we can have peace because he's overcome the world again and again and again. He says, this is who I am and this is what I offer. And we have the invitation to just draw near to him and experience his peace just by being aware of his presence. Mm -hmm. And I need to have the eyes of faith because so often I just look with my natural eyes at things and I get overwhelmed and I just, you know, God, give me the eyes of faith to see your power, to see your strength, to experience your strength, to experience your peace, you know, Lord, I believe. Help me in my unbelief. Right. Was it Elisha when he, you know, he and his servant were sleeping in the tent. They were running for their lives. The, his servant gets up, wakes up in the morning, goes outside the tent, and right row, he sees they, there's just this huge army closing in on them. And, you know, he comes back in yeah. and he's like, we're doomed. They're everywhere. That is Elisha. And Elisha prays over him and says, mm-hmm. God, help him to see. Open up his eyes right now. And at that moment, the servant could see, whoa, there's way more in the heavenlies. There's way more fighting for us than than what we can see. We need to pray. Lord, open our eyes. Help us to see. You are our peace. You are our strength.
I'm sure your heart breaks like mine does as you hear about the Taliban takeover in Afghanistan and the terror attacks of ISIS-K, the loss of lives. The injustice is real. The suffering is real. Evil is real. And at the same time, Jesus is Lord. He's working his purpose out through evil and injustice. This is exactly the point Peter makes in Acts 4. He says this, Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in this city, Jerusalem, to conspire against your holy servant, Jesus, whom you anointed. They did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. So Peter is saying, in other words, the Jewish leaders, the Gentile leaders, willfully crucified, unjustly crucified Jesus, but it was God's plan. Yes. And so God... This is is hard to just wrap our minds around. Yeah, go ahead. Just that something horrific could be something beautiful. I was talking with my daughter the other day and she was telling me, you know, she's about ready to leave the country. And so as her mom, my heart is sad because I don't want her to go. But I'm also extremely at peace because I'm very excited about her going to do what God has called her to do. And those two things like coincide together. And she said at missionary training school, they called it um, a pair of ducks. Paradox. These two ducks swim side by side always. You got the yuck duck and you got the yay duck. Mm. And they're, they both coexist, right? They're always together. There's always, along with something terrible, something to celebrate, and along with something to celebrate, you know, something that's hard in the midst of that. But God, God takes horrific things and does beautiful things. Yeah. You know, the greatest injustice ever, the execution of, of Jesus, the son committed by the willing wrath of the Roman and Jewish leaders, birthed a river of life to heal the world and that will one day heal all creation. It's a beautiful truth that we rest our lives on, but bringing this truth into real time right now, today, 2021, is maybe a lot harder to believe. Mm. Does God really make human wrath turn to his praise? And if so, what might that possibly look like? So Jacob was a fierce Taliban fighter in Afghanistan in the 1990s. He was proud of the blood on his hands. To him, it proved his devotion to Allah. But then Jacob collided with the grace of Jesus. At the risk of his life, Elam, a Muslim background believer in Jesus, shared the good news with Jacob. And as Jacob listened, he felt the crushing weight of his sin He realized, I have blood on my hands and I'm accountable for this. And he cried out for forgiveness and Jesus lifted the weight of his sin and filled him with the spirit. So what do you do when you're in the Taliban and you give your life to Jesus? You leave the Taliban. I would guess, yeah, flee. That's what he did. But Jesus told Jacob to go back to his Taliban cell group. And so he did. He became the cook of of that group, and he led eight of his Taliban cellmates to Jesus. Hmm. Then he joined another Taliban cell to reach them. I don't know what's happened to Jacob. This has been many, many years ago. If he's still alive, I'm quite sure he hasn't fled Afghanistan. Right, right. I think it's safe to say he's still sharing Jesus. Mm -hmm. And there are believers in Afghanistan from Muslim background, they don't want to leave. They want to be there. 
They want to be salt and light. It's the land God's given to them. They want to see their land under the lordship of Jesus Christ, and they're willing at the risk of their lives to, to stay there and to continue to meet together secretly and just look for opportunities to share and show the love of Jesus. Right. And you know, you said that they're there willing to give their lives for Jesus to be made famous, for people to come to know him for who he truly is, to, to each one personally experience his love mm-hmm. and give their heart to him. And so maybe we can do, we can honor them best and love them best and support them in the work that they're called to do by praying that God would increase their faith and that the gospel would go forward with power. Mm-hmm. Let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah. Lord, we just thank you for how you place each one of us specifically where you want us to be to impact this world for the kingdom of God, that we are your messengers and we are your heart and we are your feet today, God. So I pray for those who are in Afghanistan right now, whose lives are threatened because they believe in you, but God are there because they want other people to know who you are. They have eternal security and all around them, they see people who do not know where all of eternity is going to be spent but we do. We know that outside of you, eternity is spent apart from you um, in horrible, horrifying circumstances. And God, we want each one to be saved. So we do pray now that the believers who are in Afghanistan, whose lives are threatened, Lord Jesus, protect them. Mm -hmm. And may your word go forth with power. May this be a time when your gospel comes alive in that region like never before, as everyone is is scattered and unsure and and maybe even having to leave their home and just feeling like everything they thought was secure no longer is. May they hear of who you are and the ultimate security we have in you because of Jesus Christ. So give them boldness, protect them, increase their faith, and use them, God, to bring honor and glory to your name. Thanks so much for listening. Questions or comments? Text us at 800-968-8930. That's 800-968-8930.